What does a successful business look like and what does it take to run one? We'll be meeting some of the winners of the Business Eye Awards to find out. You're listening to The Profit Margin with First Trust Bank. Hello, welcome to The Profit Margin with me, Naomi McMullen and Jamie DeLarge. Any business would like a bulging trophy cabinet full of awards for their work. Well, one man who has scored high-profile plaudits is Bill Woolsey, the man behind a very successful hospitality empire, which includes the merchant and the little wing pizza chain. Jamie caught up with him and began by asking what does it mean to him to keep winning awards? I actually didn't realise what a big award it was until I came along here tonight and, and see 800 people. So I'm thrilled to be uh, given this recognition. It means a lot to the, the team behind me. Obviously, I'm the, the man who got the personality award, but there's my wife, Petra. I have two sons, Connell and Luke, and there's Sorka and James, all directors in the company. And behind them, there's a big team. So it's, it's a, an award for uh, everybody. Well, you've had a long track record in the hospitality business and of course most famously associated uh, with the merchant hotel but but indeed there has been the, the pizza chain Little Wing. Now, what, what prompted you to move into that direction? Well I've been 39 years ago I started in the licence trade and each year people drink less and we as a, you know, an innovative company recognised this quite some time ago and decided to diversify and um, we looked at various markets and decided that pizzas was a um, you know, market we could get into and we could do well so we did a bit of studying and um, it's gone from strength to strength from one to you know, uh, shortly to become seven How far can that expansion of the pizza chain continue? I, th- I think there's opportunities for us to bring one or two more restaurants in Northern Ireland but I think it can expand throughout the island of Ireland and we're looking carefully at um, in and around the outskirts of Dublin and once we're careful where we go so when we find a site at the right price um, with the right demographic then then we feel that we can expand maybe to our 30, 30 odd restaurants in, in the Republic. Your most eye-catching venture has I think without doubt been the Merchant Hotel but you've not just been content to rest in your lulls. You've created another hotel, Bullet. How's that going for you? Very well. It's, it's trading at the moment 30% above projections. And we're delighted the way it's been received, both by the people in the city and the tourists and outside business people who have used the hotel. So we have great things, great plans for that hotel. Do you see room for expansion of the hotel chain, I suppose yeah. you might begin to call it? Yeah, absolutely. The merchant is a you know very difficult beast, and to find that building in another city is extremely difficult and very, very costly. Um, Bullet is a completely different animal. It's a four-star hotel in a very sleepy corporate market, and we think we can shake that up, and there's opportunities for expand, and we're looking at four or five cities three uh, in England, one in, in, uh, in Scotland and um, we've been down and visited a particular site in Dublin three times so we're reasonably confident that we'll secure a second site um, in, in, in a very short period of time. How soon might we see a Bancor Hotel down south? Well, the, the site we're looking at um, if we purchase it, it'll probably be two and a half years. Um, so two and a half years' time. But you'll hear an announcement in about uh, one month. 
We'll be keeping our ears peeled for that announcement. Well, Deluxe Group was another winner on the night. Jimmy spoke to Managing Director Colm O'Farrell from the Bespoke Joinery Company and asked how it grew from fairly modest beginnings to the company it is today. Deluxe was established by my father in 1969 um, and through the, the, the 80s and the 90s the company changed tremendously from being a painting and decorating company into being a joinery and specialist fit out company um, winning work with companies like Walt Disney, uh, Warner Brothers, Universal Studios um, and really that was an end of the company and that we started to grow as well as the specialist joinery end of the company so the company really overall is split almost in two halves. You have the theming and special effects end of it and then you have the very special joinery end of it. I'm always struck by the boldness and the, of the vision of people like yourself who are very successful. Where did you get the idea? Where did you get the self-belief that you could take on these huge projects and make a success of them? I think probably it would be fair to say um, back in the late 80s and early uh, early 90s, uh, we worked very closely with a very famous company here in Northern Ireland called MyVan. Uh, and uh, they're a company that I'm forever grateful for for introducing me uh, to different people around the world. Um, and, introdu- and being introduced to them people and working for people like Disney, uh, Universal and things, uh, companies like that, um, I quickly grew to believe that we can actually offer them with the skill base here that we have in Northern Ireland and something very special also. Um, we have a very highly skilled workforce here. Um, we have a lot of artisans here. Um, we have a lot of fantastic artists here. Um, and working with these companies, working with Disney, Universal, Warner Brothers, they very quickly grew to believe in us. And I think it's even testament today to the fantastic film industry that we have here uh, in Belfast, in Northern Ireland, that that skill base is still here. Uh, and it's great to be able to dip into that pool here and work for different companies around the world still. Do you suffer a disadvantage from being based in Northern Ireland? In a sense, we always think we're in the fringe of Europe, we're on the edge of this. Is, is, that, is that a problem for you? No, definitely not. I think Northern Ireland, uh, we, we, the world has a very romantic view of Ireland as a whole. Um, and I think everyone loves the Irish as a whole. And I think one of the, the major things that we have is we have one of the cheapest labour rates in the UK, which stands by us. Um, and we have a fantastic, um, talented pool of people here. We have a great workforce here. Um, and some of the achievements that have went on in Northern Ireland over the last 50, 60 years have been phenomenal. And I think the fact that we're so skilled Uh, we've worked around the world in a number of projects um, has stood by us and I think overall as a company um, the fact that Northern Ireland has got such a skilled labour force has made things very easy for us How far do you think this can go for Deluxe? Well, at the minute, we're working on the biggest theme park in the world. Uh, things are going very well for us. Uh, we've just finished uh, Ratatouille for Walt Disney uh, in Paris. So at the moment, we're looking at the second phase uh, in Dubai um, for Dubai Parks and Resorts on Motion Gate. So we're hoping that we're going to be in Dubai for the next number of years. Really interesting to hear how the company grew and obviously very ambitious. Well, another ambitious company is Block Blinds. Jamie talked with Cormac Diamond and asked him where the inspiration came from to change what is viewed as quite a conventional market. 
You're right in saying that the blinds market from our view was a very judicial market. So whenever we came into this market, we thought, well, how is the blind interpreted in the home? So we knew that many accessories within the home, be it cushions or rugs or other interior accessories, were changing constantly during seasons, but blinds weren't. So we thought, well, why not uh, innovate within this sector and allow it uh, to be part of that accessory within the home? So by, by allowing customers to change or fabrics very easily, it meant then that it also could be considered as part of an accessory within the within the home. Did that realisation come to you in a flash or was it over a period of time? Yeah, it was over a period of time. I, I came from a background of engineering, so I wasn't, uh, I wasn't steeped in blind-making tradition. So maybe coming out from, uh, from the outside into this industry gave me fresh eyes to how blinds were interpreted. So by, by that approach, it meant then we, could, uh, we, we, we wondered how we could make a, an impact into a very populated uh, supply market for consumers. So by studying what, how consumers considered other products, we thought, well, why not blinds? Why could they not be, also be considered as an accessory? Well, then when you took your product and you were trying to raise interest in it, did you find difficulty in people saying, sorry, we're not accustomed to something like this? What was the reaction? Yeah, it was it was varied, but you know what we what we had confidence in that uh, that markets for Christmas products existed for for seasonal products, uh, and that way then you know by we weren't inventing a Christmas market. We thought we'll just put blinds into the Christmas market by by allowing customers to easily change their fabrics. So now we've got customers that order Christmas blinds for the Christmas season and and and, and uh, revert back to the original fabric they had chosen. So it's a, a constant uh, changing process and. and now that their products are our products are able to to adapt to that, it leaves it open for customers to cons- to to choose that that avenue as well. Now you've achieved great success so far, but how far can you go? Well, we think this is a global market. You know, uh, certainly within the North American market, where we've now uh, targeting. You know, consumers are very much into seasonal uh, products, and in that way, then we think our product is very much aligned to that uh, interpretation of consumerism and uh, accessories through seasons. So now having again the blinds uh, interpreted or are allowed to be part of that decision making process for seasonal accessories we think we've got a great future both locally and globally and does that mean more jobs in northern ireland or do you think those jobs through the expansion might be created in other parts of the world well we've been very very loyal to our to our local uh, skills base and that's from a supply point of view but also from manufacturing we manufacture all our products in Macherfeld uh, so we're very much proud of our of our ethos of supporting local jobs but there is a reality when it comes into trying to service local and then uh, international markets there is a blend of being producing being able to produce products locally but also licensing out or, or are teaming up with other suppliers and and producers to to service other markets. Traditionally, um, people say, oh, it's not just me, it's a team. But to what extent is that true for block blinds? Yeah, well, again, because we've 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 embraced our local talent. Yes, we were. I had a, I had a vision, but very much it was supplemented by, and and delivered by by other members of staff, and that is very much local staff. So it's a very much a collective effort to achieve the success we've had both locally and internationally. And I see that as being very much a, a blueprint of how we want to propel ourselves going forward in the future. Well, it's all about the collective effort on the profit margin here too. Neil Parker is here with a look at what's coming up in the week ahead. 
Coming up, we'll be keeping an eye on the last significant speech of the year by ECB President Mario Draghi. He'll present the ECB perspective on economic and monetary developments. We'll be looking for hints that the ECB will extend its bond buying program past March 2017 to keep Europe on track. And from the US, we'll have the significant jobs report, the non-farm payrolls. I'd expect to see a continuing decline in jobless claims and an increase in job gains, underlining the current strength of the US labour market and helping the Fed's case to push up interest rates. And closer to home, in the UK, we'll have the latest financial stability report. Keep an eye out for reassurance that financial markets can weather the storm over the winter. Heightened both political and geopolitical tensions have the potential to cause the UK markets to wobble in the very near future. And it's getting to that time when we showcase a startup. This week it's Cheryl McWilliams from Mother Bee, a skincare solution using natural products. Her local vet encouraged her to bring it to market after using the Soothe and Protect cream to treat animal patients. My name is Cheryl McWilliams and I'm the owner and founder of Mother Bee. Mother Bee is skincare for people and animals. It's made from beeswax, natural and essential oils. It's made in the grounds of Bember Prairie. And the animal skincare is based on a family recipe. It has all sorts of uses for skin problems in animals like wounds, allergies, sores, rubs and bacterial infections to name a few. The human skincare is specifically designed for people who have really dry skin or who are outdoors a lot. It's protective, nourishing and yet it's light on the skin. It's good for skin problems as it's breathable also. I'm currently in the Invest in a Propel program and I'm working hard to develop my export markets. Exciting times ahead for Mother Bee as we look at markets such as New Zealand, Australia, Canada and France. If you want to see what we do, you'll find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Our website is motherbeeonline.co.uk. That's it for this week. But if your business is doing interesting work and you'd like to talk to us, or if there's a topic that you're particularly interested in, get in touch. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Profit Margin. See you next time. You're listening to The Profit Margin with First Trust Bank. 